This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the Scarf Bagara War. For county fans. By county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Oh, oh, what a beauty! Oh, what a beauty! I wasted all my life for that! What a screamer! An absolute screamer! Hello and welcome to the Scarf Bagara War. For county fans, by county fans, I'm Russ Johnson. I'm joined today by Dave Long. Evening, mate. Evening, and we are proud to welcome uh, ex-county player, ex-youth county player and senior pro, uh, Keith Briggs. Welcome, Briggsy. Thank you very much, guys. Lovely to be here. Good, good. Um, So, yeah, apologies for that short intro. I'm not as good as Nick at at, at those uh, elaborate intros. So uh, we'll just dive straight in. so you you joined the club uh, as, as a youth player uh, f- from the age of fifteen, I think. Do you want to want to take us through that? How did that come about, and, and what was the setup like, and and how did that progress for you? Yeah, so um, sort of just come out of a whim, really. I'd left Man United. I'd been at Man United for sort of um, five or six years, and um, the opportunity to come to to join Stockport. It was a uh, Sort of a new setup at the time. I think the the, the centre of excellence hadn't been open that long, and they um, sort of set up at Peel Moat somewhere in and around Stockport, and ended up turning up to this school, um, old sand-based 4G um, sort of setup, and yeah, and went there, and, and and it was absolutely brilliant. Loved loved every minute of going there, and um, the coaches were fantastic. I think it was Austin Spay and, and Dave Philpots at the time who was in charge of the the sort of 16s, 18s and the, the development side of it. And yeah, it was absolutely brilliant um, to, 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 you know, the, the club were bouncing at the time and, and I thought it would be a good progression to for, for my development to come in and, and sort of and take take that next step. What what year did you, um, what year did you have your, well, what, what year did you join County? I think I joined in 1996, seven. Um, ah, right. Yeah, 96-97 I think Dave Jones was the manager at the time um, In the yeah. first team yeah. And then I think Me sort of signing YTS forms Followed suit of Gary Megson taking over 
So I was kind of yeah. in between of, of 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 Dave Jones's sort of reign and and, and Gary Megson coming into the club. Yeah, a little bit after me. The reason why I ask is I had a trial at County, and you mentioned Dave Philpot there, and yeah. he was, <clears throat> excuse me, he was uh, in charge of the youth team when I had my trial. So I was kind of hoping that we'd, you know, we'd we'd had trials at the same time. But yeah, I was a year or two before you. Wow. Okay, that's good. Well, I think at the time, like I said, uh, Stockport were taking anybody, every, anybody's man and his dog at the time. It was a new sort of sort of adventure for the club and. Um, no, listen. It was it was fantastic. Like I said, they, they they did great to get the amount of players that they did in at the time, and and a lot have gone on to to not only get in the first team at County, but go on to have really good careers. So it was yeah, a fantastic yeah. setup, and unluckily, you, you know, you didn't make that final cut. But um, it was just one of them things. <laughs> no, they literally were taking. If they sort of made, then they were taking anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a good. It was a good day there. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that just shows really? you how shit. I, that just shows you how shit I was because I never even got picked up by county. But let's <laughs> let, let's smooth nah. over that. I know, I know this. I know this. I know this is this is kind of your episode, Briggsy. But who who was in that sort of cohort of 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 um, of, of trials or, or in your youth teams that did go on to make to make something of themselves? Um, we, we we had a lot of players who who I thought were were really good players that didn't go on to to do anything in the game, but. I think the ones that out of it that did was Albie was a year above or a couple of year mm-hmm. above. So Aaron Wilbraham was in there. I think yeah. ben, ben Johnson was a left back. I think he made his debut at the club. Um, I think, was it Boona? Uh, Adam Lillis, he went on to make a couple of appearances. And they were they, they were unbelievable at youth level. In the YTS, you know, that team that they had in the in the, in the the youth setup was was unbelievable. Um we had some really good players that that went on. Glenn Hancock, I think he made a debut uh, as a centre half. Lee Shearer was a couple of years above, um, you know. So, so a lot of a lot of players that sorry, not, you know, not sort of well known names, but mm-hmm. went on to a, to do to do okay. I think Dan Hooper was in and around it as well. Um, but no, it was it was an, an unbelievable sort of time. Grounding, Craig Madden was ruthless. He was a legend, an absolute legend. But he kept us all grounded. You know, the team spirit that we had um, was 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 fantastic and a um, little bit ruthless at times. But I wouldn't change anything for the world. It, it just prepared me for for what was what was going to happen in the future. I know you said earlier about um, county were county were flying at the time. Um, it just that that just to me is a testament of how probably good that youth setup was at the time and how good the players were in there, including yourself. That you know we were just about to when you joined in that youth setup, I think just about to go up to the championship, or we're already in the championship. So we're talking about the very top end of where county you've ever been. Yeah, aren't we? You know, yeah. That, listen, we when 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 I was coming through, we were. We were in the championship. We were we were in the semi-finals of the League Cup. You know, we yeah. were watching Middlesbrough away and Middlesbrough at home. Gaza coming through. You know, the the players that we had in that team: Sean Connolly, Mike Flynn, Jim Gannon. Um, you know, Chris Marsden, and sort of the players that we could learn from being in and around every day was 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 an unbelievable experience, and you know, one that I will never forget because. The club was absolutely bouncing. The chairman, you know, just want he had this vision and he had this sort of, sort of revolutionary sort of 
idea of pushing Stockport to the Premier League. And and you know what? He almost did it. You know, he almost did it with the, the group of players that he put together was second to none. And, and I think, you know, as a youth setup, we added to that. We added quality. We added sort of aggression. We are we added determination to want to break into that team. And, um, you know, one or two did and, and one or two went on to, to have unbelievable careers. And and, and, it, and if they didn't, they improved the, the first team or added to the first team. Fast forward a few years into 1999. That's when you made your debut. I mean, how, how did that feel making your debut? Well, let's first question is who gave you your debut? Because I can't quite remember. Yeah. Um, and what was that like stepping on that field with with all those other players that, that maybe some you had looked up to, you know, through through the youth ranks? It, it was a bit mad. It all happened like really quickly. I think, you know, you, you, were, you was always in and around it. You were training, you was an extra body when they were doing team shape. Um, you know, and all of a sudden you were just sort of thrown into this situation where you were on the bus, you were travelling, and then you you know you didn't even know that you were going to be named in the, the starting eleven. I think it was Oldham, Oldham at home uh, away in the League Cup. It was, and it was Andy Kilner who gave me my debut. Um, yeah, and you were just sort of thrown into this sort of mayhem of of the day, and I don't really remember that much of it really. I think I, I set up one. I had one assist where I crossed the ball. In for um, Colin Woodford, Buffter scored. I think it was 1-1 in the League Cup. But yeah, it, uh, you know, it was all a bit of a sort of a little bit hectic and, and, and you just, you know, you wish you'd have took a lot more in, but you just get swept away with the momentum and, 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 ev- and the build-up of everything. And then, um, but yeah, it was un- unbelievable for me. I, was, I think I was just 17, I, you know, maybe 16, just turned 17. Um, when I made my debut for Stockport, and it was a you know enjoyed every single minute of it. Imagine that when you're like 17, like you know playing playing professional football. Yeah, a, I think feeling that must have been. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously when you, when you leave a club like Man United and 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 you think what what's next, what you're going to do now, um, and that was at 15, 15 and a half, and then. You, you know, a year and a half later, you're making your debut in, in, in the League Cup uh, at 17. It's just it's just stuff dreams are made of. And, and you look back on it and you think it was the best, best ever thing that ever happened to me. You know, you were never going to break in at Man United when you got the Class United 2 in front of you. You got yeah, yeah. unbelievable world-class players who, who were going to be there for 10, 15 years. And, and you think, what's going to be next for me? And, and then, a year, you know, 18 months, 18 months, you're... You're playing in the first team alongside the sort of players who were mentioned, you know, world-class players in your, in their own right at Stockport, you know, and it was mm-hmm. it was a privilege to, to to make my debut at such a young age and and go on to, to to do okay there. Kind of like taking a step back to take two forward, really, wasn't it? Yeah, of course. I think I think you know these things are meant to happen for us, and I think I look back and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me stepping foot at Peel Moulton. And, and taking that first step, um, dedicating yourself for 18 months and trying to just break through and, 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 and gain that sort of advantage to get in that first team, that drive that you have and get into that first team. And then thank, thankfully for me, it eventually come and, and it happened. So in 2005, when you came back, and I know, yeah. I know we're jump, jumping around here, but yeah. did, did, did that good, like I say, did that good feeling, you know, of, of, of the way you were treated in the youth setup and the way, you, you know, you got your debut and you never forget that. Yeah. Did that all, did that kind of come into your thinking when, when the opportunity, when the opportunity came around to come back to County? 
Yeah, of course, it, of course it does. Because you have like you know so many fantastic memories of the the people that were there. You know, you know, you still had Roger Wilde that was there. Bish was still there. You still had Richard Landon, I think, was there. Um, so you still had these fantastic people where, you know, it, it become like a, you know, it was just natural for me to make that step back once I knew that they were interested. Um, you know, I knew that it was a completely different club. I knew that there was sort of stuff that had gone on, why I'd been away from the club. Um, but you also think that you can have a positive impact and try and try and sort of change change things and go in and do well for the club and um so there was a little bit of that as well and and I just thought you know it'd be a great move to come back home again I'd have been away from the family for for a long time and you know the opportunity I couldn't turn down at that time one thing I just wanted to mention uh Briggsy was um in 2001 so you were part yeah. of one of the most infamous county sides ever. Yeah. Where we were uh, we were relegated from the championship. Yeah. Now, what was that like? Well, I mean, we to be fair, from a fan's point of view, we were pretty poor all season. Yeah. And Carlton Palmer coming in, in the autumn. What was it like kind of probably deep down you kind of know <clears throat> that we're not going to survive, we're going to get relegated kind of what, what what was it like in the dressing room what was what was the atmosphere like I think it, for me it was it was really quite difficult because you know you'd been at you'd been at the club where they'd had this you know so much success you've had you, like I said you know you were surrounded by unbelievable players and talent and and you were winning games for fun and then you know there was a, there was a change in the club I think I think the chairman Brendan had a change of heart he wanted to go a different direction um, wanted to not spend as much and, and, and sort of, um, you know, maybe maybe go in a different direction. And I think that's when CP come in and Carlton come in and and and, and he was given a, the job of sort of dealing with the budget, getting rid of all the sort of players that had had got them in the championship. And yeah. and, and it was such a it was just a weird weird sort of environment at the time. Um, but. We, you know, you still you still felt like you could go out week in week out and perform. You still, you know, you're still on this sort of wave where the games are coming thick and fast, and and we, and we just got on with our jobs. Um, yeah. but, you know, I think deep down we knew that the, the the amount of players that we'd lost, the amount of talent that we'd lost, it was always going to be a tough season. Um, you know, and and and, and obviously in the end, it, it eventually came that we we, we did get relegated. Um, yeah, we had some, we yeah, had some yeah. good highs. We had some good highs in there. You know, there were some good good results. I think we beat Norwich. We obviously beat Man City. Um, we drew with Sheffield Wednesday, but the you know the the lows really outweighed the the highs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got, going back to to a, a question that I wanted to ask at the top of the show really was when you when you came into the club and and throughout your career you played you played right back in in, in a midfield as well for some reason I had it in my head about center half as well but I, th- I don't think you, you said before that that wasn't the case that's no. probably because that's probably because all the bloody f- management games that I play you probably I probably played you there in my head one day yeah. um and that's probably come through so was it right back in central midfield that that you that you played, or was this, was you was you a different player as a youngster, or how, how did that come about? How, you know, where did you get your position from? I think well, I was always a central midfield player, always box to box central midfield player, and then obviously I think maybe due through injury or certain circumstances within that that matter of time or that moment, um, a position come up at right back. Um, 
and, and, and they put me in there. They thought I could do a good job in there. I think it was Andy, Andy Kilner at the time. And, and, and I went in and, you know what, I did all right. Um, you know, uh, I had legs. I could get up and down. Um, I could deliver the ball. And, and I, can't, so I sort of settled into that position. Um, but I always sort of, you know, in, the, in my time at County, I was always sort of yearning to get back into that position of central midfield. That was always my favourite position. Um, but managers always seem to think I was better at right back for some reason. So I just went with it. Just, just you know, just went with the flow. And you know, like I said, I played I think forty games in the championship at right back, and 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 loved every minute of it. Um, you know, I think I scored against Barnes. I think it was against Barnsley. I scored in my second yeah. game at right oh, back. Telly, that, yeah, it was on the telly. Yeah, on the telly. And you know what? A, what a mad day that was. It was just again, just getting swept away with things and. You know, you end up scoring. I remember getting off the team bus at the end. They dropped me off on on uh, Motch and Moore at the, at the at the pub, and I just got off and I thought, "Wow, what has just gone on there?" Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Scoring against Barnsley in front of twenty thousand people. Next day, I had to be in uh, the pros were in for a cool down, and I'm in at eight o'clock, and I'm having to hoover the the, the uh, sort of main entrance to the main stand and now all the first team were <laughs> smacking me on the head as, I'm go- as they're going past saying you just scored in the first team last night and now you're, you're hoovering the foyer sort of carpet well that was the, that were the kind of things that sort of made you know made you grounded and and, and, and kept that hunger up to, to to want more what a life eh? exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think it was really still a class as a YTS. Still, you know, I was classed as still yeah, an apprentice yeah. when I made my debut. So, still, you know, my, you know, they didn't change things. You still had to get on with your jobs. You know, you still had to make sure everything was done for the first team. I was cleaning Sean Connolly's boots at the time, and um, you know, if they weren't right, throw them back at me and, and say what you know what's going on here. And I'm playing alongside him half the time, but you know, I loved every minute of it. Brilliant. So, what what year did you sign professional professional farms then? I don't think it was that much longer. I think the, the you know they they made a decision after a couple of months. I think it was I was still a first year apprentice when I signed my pro deal. Um, so I think I did my apprenticeship for about four or five months. I played probably six or seven, eight games, and then they decided to say, listen, it, it, you know, concentrate on your on, on your on your first team sort of yeah um, you know thing and, and and kick on with it. But yeah, unbel- unbelievable. I miss I miss the youth team games and and the the youth team side of it. What what was it so? Why was it so special that though the youth team side of it was it the, was it the games itself or was it just the people around like you've mentioned before? It was just ruthless. It was just sort of like the the ins and outs of being, you know, in that setup and and the banter that we had. It was it was horrible banter. Some of the stuff that went on is you know you can't you can't even repeat. And you know we used to play a game called pass it on in the changing room where we'd all sit next to each other in the ste- you know in the in the changing rooms and you had to hit the person to your left of you as hard as you can, uh, but you weren't allowed to take it out onto the person who hit you. So it was just like it sort of everybody just whacking each other as hard as they can and you had to go around the room not taking it on the person who just crapped you in the face. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was mental. I remember, like, shoving Bish into the boot room, turning all the lights off, sort of a 20-man brawl, everybody kicking the living daylights out of Bish. And, you know, it was just mental. Boots flying and we turned lights on. I'm hiding under, underneath sort of a, 
a, a table trying to stay away from things. Bish comes out, he's bleeding everywhere. He's got cuts everywhere. Um, <laughs> and he's like, I'll fucking get you back. You, you know, I just shut up. He used to look like Homer Simpson. Just shut up, Homer. And they were, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Craig Madden, just ruthless coming in. And if he had a long meeting, and if he had a meeting at five o'clock, he'd make sure the boys were in until five o'clock. Um, he'd make us clean the entire stand, like from top to bottom. And it was just sort of, if his jobs aren't done right, you stay in. And we, was all, we already knew that he was going to stay because he had a meeting with the gaffer at five o'clock. So yeah. he'd, he'd basically come in at four, uh, so three o'clock and say, right, I'm going to check the jobs, rub his finger along the top of the door. So the top of the door as he's walked in and there's dust, he'd kick off, he'd empty a big, full bin of like shit all over the changing room, <laughs> lose, lose the plot, boot it as hard as he could, right, I'll see you in an hour. Um yeah, just we crashed the minibus into the lamppost outside, so we had to, we all had to pay it out of our way. We we're on fifty-seven pound a week at the time, and we all had to pay for a lamppost to be replaced outside the stadium because Desi Bernard reversed the fucking minibus into it. Um, so just mental stuff like that. It was just such a really good time. Right, but but Desi Byrne wasn't wasn't meant to drive it, was he? he no, no. He, he, he nicked the minibus basically. He nicked, nicked the minibus. Yeah, <laughs> we were supposed to be cleaning it, so we we're supposed to be emptying the minibus, <laughs> cleaning it, making sure that it was clean. He got this bright idea of reversing it. I don't know why he decided to reverse it. He's ended up smashing it into this lamppost. It's a lamppost still there to this day, and every time I walk past or I catch up with a game, I look at it and think, God, if you knew, you know what I mean. But um, yeah. <laughs> Des, Desi Byrne, what a card he was! Jesus. So was was Chris Byrne around around this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a guy! I was going to say, were Chris and Desi related? No, Desi was from Ireland. I think. I think everybody sort of tried to make sure and convince himself that we were related just because they were absolutely off the tits, like both of them. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think if, if he wasn't jumping walls and, and uh, sort of doing his ACL, Chrissy Byrne, he was, he was, I don't know what he was up to, but yeah, and Desi was exactly the same. He was, you know, if he's not going in nightclubs and kicking off with the hardest men in Manchester, then, uh, you know, it's between them. I've got some stories, but I can't tell you. No, no, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want to get onto your goal against Grimsby, but it's got it's got. A, it's oh, got a, that, <laughs> let me talk about all the tours first. Let me talk about all yeah, the yeah, tours. Yeah, 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 come on. We travelled, honestly, we travelled the absolute, every inch of the universe under Andy Kill, and it was the best fucking time ever. <laughs> you know, I'll start with Tenerife Christmas time, right? I think we're seventh or eighth in the championship. Went to Tenerife. It was fucking the best trip I've ever been on. Absolute mayhem. <laughs> you know, we train, we train really hard, but we fucking played hard because they said, "Listen, it's been absolute chaos." I think we're out of the FA Cup for some reason. We're out of the FA Cup, and we, we, we were free over the. It might have been international period, but um, we had we had a few days off, so it was off over Christmas. Um, seventh in the championship we went there um, honestly Jim Gannon did his usual thing went missing for two days looking at the art galleries where everybody else went on the piss <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking honestly Kevin Kevin Cooper Tony Dinning you know uh, looking at I was a 17 year old lad you know 
absolutely just mesmerised by these guys and they just kind of took me under the wing and, and sort of, wow, not coming back in until six o'clock in the morning. Got to be on the beach for seven for our work to train. Um, worked on absolute bollocks off, but absolute chaos. Fucking absolute chaos. <laughs> anyway, we missed relegation that season by about five points. We were seventh before we went to Tenerife, and then we missed relegation <laughs> by five points. So I don't think they'll be going on any pre uh, sort of mid-season tours to Tenerife in a long time. Because um, it was just... You know, it was one of them where I don't know what happened, but it was just it was just unbelievable experience there, and 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 we just we just didn't kick on after this after we got back. Um, but yeah, then there was the original China tour, so we went to China. Yeah, uh, for a long uh, long season. Um, Steve Bellis come in with his cough and went, "Listen, boys, we're going on a trip of a lifetime to China." You know, Man United, Liverpool, fucking Everton. Nobody's done it. Nobody's nobody's ever done this. We're going to be the first team to do it. Stockport County. Like, oh, okay, you know, unbelievable sort of season. Really, really tough season. And we end, we went for the end of the season. And and it was just, it was like, what the fuck are we doing in the middle of Wuhan? In the middle of May, it's hundred degrees. And it was just sort of what what is going on? We could the food was terrible. The the sort of the, it was a banquet every night. Was eating snake. Was eating sort of <laughs> chicken with the head left on. There was sort of oh, it was it was just all over the shop. Um, Not get snake in gossip then. No, 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 <laughs> no. We didn't, we didn't. But it was just sort of. The, the experience was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. You know, we saw the Great Wall of China, we saw the Terracotta Army, but it was just sort of, what what is going on? And and I thought, right, we'll play the games, you know, we'll do what we need to do. Only ended up missing a fucking penalty, didn't I? And I thought, well, we're in the middle of China. Nobody even here knows that we're here, really. Um, it only ended up on... BBC. So my mum and dad, as soon as I got back, said, "What? What the fuck are you doing, missing penalties <laughs> in the middle of China?" Um, yeah, Steve Bellis, what, what a guy saying. Listen, we're going to be the first team to, to travel into these parts of China, and and there was a fucking reason why we were the only team that went into this, you know, the middle of China. Um, there, there's one 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 story. Um, we had to we had to be up at a certain time. It was like train. Planes, trains, and automobiles. We travelled the country, and um, we had to be up at I think something like six a.m. in the morning. And um, lads, lads, lads were just travelling onto the bus, getting onto the bus. And uh, Phil Carat and Aaron Wilbram were late, so they were late to get on the bus at six a.m. And all of a sudden, the the bus started moving. I was like, "Oh, what's going on here?" Albie and uh, Albie and Phil Carat aren't on. We fucking left. Phil Carat and Aaron Wilbram in the middle of Wuhan in China, and we travelled <laughs> on a plane. I think it was a plane or a train to go and play our next game, and we left them in the middle of China. And I was like, "What is going off here?" So they they woke up thinking that everything was fine, expecting all the lads just to be there. They forgot that the time was six. They thought it was eight, so they had to find their own train or plane oh, to get to the next yeah. game. Otherwise. That that was that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was unbelievable. 
Andy Kilner, wow. Did uh, you make it? Yeah, somehow the under—I think they must have got into contact with one of the coaches or whatever. But they—they they, they got all the details. Ended up getting on a train, turned turned up, turned up somehow into the hotel and and, and got there about twelve hours later. Um, but yeah, it was sort of mental mental times. But we, tra- we honestly we travelled the world. We went to Sweden. Every everything sort of like we did, everything revolved around tours, and and, and I think it was because we were doing so well at the time. We went to. Sweden. We went to Finland. Um, I remember one time, I, I think I, I ruptured my Achilles and, and broke. Like I think I broke my ankle in Sweden, and we was playing a game, and I went off, and uh, ended up getting. I think they called me Sheath Briggs, and that stayed. By the way, with the lads, like the on the big announcement, they called me Sheath Briggs, and and as I was <laughs> like Roger Wow, that and Rob Rob Clare, absolutely laughing the tits off at it, and. Sort of, I ruptured my Achilles, I ruptured my ligaments and, and broke my ankle, and they had to call the ambulance. And I was like being wheeled off into this Ghostbuster van, big boat, big Ghostbuster van. <laughs> when ended up going to this old like sort of hospital in in Sweden, and um, all the lads, we had, we had to get back on a train or a, or a long bus ride to get back to our hotel. So all the lads had to stay around and and wait for me. And anyway, so why I was getting a scan and all my x-rays and stuff, the lads all went out on the piss. Um, Ian Moore and Moore, uh, Flinny and all that lot, all, all, all the boys ended up fucking getting into a bit of trouble and somehow like a, a, a pint pot had been thrown into the, uh, into the, into the road. And, and, and anyway, so... It was kind of a big thing because Andy Kilner was sort of famous there. I think he dated rock, the, the, the bird out of Roxette rock and stuff like that. And he was sort of like a superhero over there. So he was like really embarrassed and ashamed. And um, anyway, it's all kicked off. And and the gaffer has made Flinny and fucking Ian Moore get a taxi from Sweden to Denmark to get the plane home on their own without, without us because we still had a game to play. So they end up making them get a tra- a plane, sort of plane home straight away, getting a taxi from Denmark to or Sweden to Denmark to get themselves off home. Um, anyway, it was all it was all fun and games, but then everything got sorted out in the end. But I think it was just sort of sort of stories like that that you remember. Do you know what I mean? Quite funny at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I coming in in stitch, you know, in, with crutches and me head, you know, me head up my ass because I thought my my season were ruined and. Just sort of waving Ian Moore off with his golf clubs and fucking Flinny with his head up his ass, getting a taxi, getting a taxi to Denmark. Um, <laughs> but yeah, men- mental times. Um, but yeah, we we had some you know unbelievable trips. Fucking a beefer, we went to a beefer. Um, it was just yeah, I think Dicko spoke spoke about the beefer in his in his sort of sort of podcast and yeah, crazy crazy times. Going back to the Tenerife trip, then was there any was there any sort of standout funny moment in the Tenerife trip? Um, just I just remember like um, just us going on benders, and and it was like seventeen year old. I've not I've never even found drinking. You know what I mean? I've never even and the lads just the lads try looking at after you, but you you know you pick up the shots that they don't drink and stuff like that, and you get you get into certain scenarios where you know you're thinking you know I shouldn't be really doing this, but. The, the, the you know the, the the lads the lads were really good they looked after me really well and and you just sort of was looking at these lads thinking you know 
what 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 are we doing here? We've got training. We, you know, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. And and it was just it was just unbelievable experiences. Um, the, 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 sto- the, the, the stories can't really be said because it's just it's just chaos. It's just absolute chaos that's gone on. I can imagine. Fucking falling, yeah, out yeah, that, falling out of Lineker's and stuff like that. And at six o'clock, and we're training at seven. And but the lads worked the bollocks off. They still they still worked every you know every time that we were there. They, they worked the bollocks off, and um, and it was just a fantastic trip. Um, Remember Glenn Hancock not not seeing the pool when he was fully dressed up to the eyeballs going out and fell right into the pool. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a good one. He got a bit of stick for that. Um, but no, it was it was just you know really good experiences for, for such a young lad. You would have played alongside Jakovic and Sheffy yeah. as well, wouldn't you? I think that must have been part of the deal. You know when 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 Shefki and Jako and. I think it was Petri Aline and Kent Bergeson oh, come in. Yeah. There must have been some sort of deal where we've got to go and tour Finland and, 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 the, and the entire fucking region of Scandinavia. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what, play, what players they were, by the way. You know, Shefki, fucking, I remember, I remember him coming in first day of training and he was awful. Couldn't, I remember he smashed half the, half the windows around Timpoli, but, wow, put, it, <laughs> put him on a pitch and he was so effective. He's, he saw a presence on the on the on the pitch and the way that he, he went about and, and his ambition to, to do really well was unbelievable. Um, you know, Jakob, this international players for Finland and who had so much ability, um, just top, top draw players. Yeah, yeah, Yako Viss. Uh, th- th- I mean, you like you say, top draw players. I mean, I remember being out in Stockport and I think we had some youth players as well. Um, and a friend of mine, she, she, her friend was seeing one of these youth players. I, I forget his name, but... It was definitely on the football games. Do you know what I mean? Like young, young Swedish lad that with blonde hair. I remember yeah. saying to him like, "I was pissed. I was pissed up at like nineteen years old or whatever it was." Going, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a county fan. I'm a county fan. Yeah, yeah." Giving it, giving it, giving it all that. He's probably looking at me thinking, "Dickhead, you know, yeah. get away from me, <laughs> like fan kind of thing." No, I, it was a good lad, Yarko. Really, re- you know, understood the position really well that he played. Um, you know, he, he impacted games at the, at the right moment and he had so much ability. I don't think we saw the best out of them players. I think, that, you know, if we'd have given him a lot more time, I think they'd adjusted to the sort of the standard of what they were needing to get up to. Playing championship at the time and I think they, yeah. they were thrown into the lines then. But, you know, you could see it in day in, day out in training, the absolute quality that they had. I think if if, if you're saying now that we didn't see the best of Jarko Vis, then... That that I mean that says a lot because it, I mean to me at the time he was just he was immense. I don't know about you, Dave. Me well, yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah, hero yeah, of mine. Definitely. I think there was a lot more to come. I think like the the pace and the sort of sort of the aggression of the game, um, it it took his time for him to adapt to, and he didn't really sort of take to it that well. But give him the ball, it could make anything happen on the pitch. Um, yeah, even Ken, yeah. you, uh, you know. Bergson, the way that he just, I mean, he, I think he used to smoke about 20 a day. He used to come in with his snus up his lip and, and stuff like that. But <laughs> give him a ball and he just looked so good. He was fluent. He just dropped his shoulder and he just made things tick. You know, and these were like proper international players that were like, you know, playing at Edgeley Park. And it was just, yeah, just top, top class players. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the kind of problem at that time and certainly no disrespect to you or any of the other lads there but the the team was kind of 
on the on the down, if you like, because yeah. uh, we were only a couple of seasons off being relegated, and yeah. we were lower mid table at that time. I think if it had been a couple of years earlier when they joined us, we'd probably you know might say might have seen the best of them then. Yeah, but yeah, they 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 were all they were all great at a time when we didn't have you know foreign players. No, we just didn't, uh, and it was kind of a bit of a novelty at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you know, you got to remember, lads. We, we, you know, we were Stockport County, and we were we were in the, you know, competing in the championship, and then yeah, sort yeah. of four or five years that we had in the championship. I can't remember how long it was that we was in there, but we don't, we're not, that, yeah, we're not yeah. only competed, but we were up there. We were, you know, we finished eighth in the league. You know, I think that was ninety nine, um, two thousand, and then, you know, it was always going to be there was always going to be a ceiling that we could get to, especially yeah. when Brendan decided to sort of change his thought process around the club and, and sort of cut the cloth accordingly. You know, he got rid of a lot of a lot of talent, you know, a lot of experience. Flinney went, Gannon went, McIntosh went, you know, all these players that had, they were the bedrock of the club. They were, they were the players that had got us there. They were legends. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you saw the change. There was a, there was a change of direction. Players, we're getting opportunities that maybe shouldn't have been getting opportunities to to compete at that level, and I was one included. You know, I was just a snotty snotty lad from Glossop who were, were, were dropped in now and then to to help the cause. You know, and but you could you could feel that change of direction that the club were going in, and then and then the rest is history. Really, you know, we were always compared. We were always sort of the the lads who had to be that next stage of. Compare, comparing ourselves to Marsden and and and, and Connolly and Cooper and, mm. and it was never going to happen. You know, as much as we tried, as much as we we wanted to do that, we we were never going to get to the semi final of the cha- you know of the, of the league cup. We were never going to finish seventh in the league. And I don't care what anybody says, we, we competed at times, but it was always going to happen. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It, it, it is what it, it it was what it was. The the club was on a different sort of pathway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, no, no disrespect to to you or any any of the lads. There. I mean, like you say, we were a, a you know a competitive side. Um, you know, we we managed to stay in the championship, a, a club of the size of county and limited resources. And as you say, behind the scenes, a lot of things were changing. Yeah, and players that had got us into that position are coming to the end of their careers. Possibly, or maybe wanted you know a bit of a change of scenery. Yeah, uh, a lot of them had gone on and done bigger and better things. I think mm-hmm. you know, obviously, a couple went to Southampton. Yeah, yeah. Dindo, yeah. Sean Connolly went to Wolves. Cooper went to Wimbledon. Macintosh um, mm-hmm. went. I can't. I can't remember where Macintosh went, but might have been Huddersfield. Hibs, Hibs, yeah. Gannon went to. I don't. I think he went to. Might have been Sheffield United. I can't remember. Um, Sheffy went to Chef Wednesday. You know, for big money. Ian Moore went again. And it was just yeah. sort of, it was just, you know, mm. for us to replace that sort of, them sort of players, um, it was impossible in such a, such a short space of time, especially with the with the wage restrictions and, and the budgets that were probably thrown at Carlton Palmer. Um, it was going to be impossible for us to live up to sort of that expectancy of what they'd gone on to do. Yeah. The years before. So you got your move to Norwich, didn't you? Um Yeah. Was obviously that was a, I think that was a step up at the time because we we were down in League One and you they were in the in the Championship is that right? Have I got that yeah. right? So we 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 
that season in the championship, we played them twice and um, and we did well. I think we beat them at home. I think we beat Norwich at home. And then we lost yeah, we on the last day of the season, I think. where We had a man sent off last day of the season. And I think I did all right because um, I think it was, it was that that got me the move. I think Craig Madden was, was quite close with Nigel Worthington, the manager at Norwich at the time. And... Um, there'd been a couple of couple of sort of decisions I had to make. I think I had Blackburn, I had Coventry, um, I had Bolton at the time. Blimey. Uh, maybe maybe a few sort of months before that they'd come in. But yeah, so I had I had options at the time, and I think you know as much as I'd say I was a bit of a rookie, I actually did okay. I, I think I won Young Player of the Year first time in the Championship when we finished eighth. I got Player of the Season the year after, or the year we got relegated. I got Player of the Year. For the, for the club and you know in a championship club that's you know it's, it's not bad to say that that's was a, a, a sort of young man um, <laughs> so I did okay and, and like the opportunities came that I, I was able to get the move to Norwich and uh, and yeah it was it was yeah it all happened really quickly again I think I think you're too modest I think you're too modest Briggsy to say to say that you have the, you know, young player of the year, then player of the year at a championship club. That I mean, that's just that's just fucking awesome, isn't it? Really, I mean, let's let's not beat you around the bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're from you're from Glossop. You yeah. played for United. You played for County. So all in this area, and then all of a sudden you moving hundreds of miles away to Norwich. So what was what was that like? I don't know. I, I think it was such a. It was probably not a mistake because it was a fantastic move for me, but. I was very young. I was very naive. Um, I think we just missed out in the playoffs to get promoted to the Premier League that season that we got relegated. So, in my eyes, I just thought I was moving to a Premier League club. Um, you know, a massive club with, with with great history, and and I thought it was probably the right move for me. But all in all, I was I was nineteen, twenty at the time, maybe twenty one, moving all the way across the country. I didn't have an agent. Well, I had an agent who sorted the deal out, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have the, sort of the experience to deal with that type of move at such a young age. Uh, and, I, and I couldn't handle it when I was there. Um, I thought I was going to go there straight away and, and, and play week in, week out like I'd done at Stockport. And that, that didn't work out to be the case. A um, few injuries as well. And, and I just got pissed off of it all, I think, in the end and, and, and decided to, to, you know, we got promoted to the Premier League. I think I think the season after we got promoted to the Premier League, and then the caliber of player that they were bringing in. I think Thomas Elveg signed from Inter Milan. We signed Bentley, Crouch, and and alongside the you know unbelievable players and talent that were there already, I knew that I weren't going to play. So yeah, um, ended up doing the rounds a little bit. Went to Shrewsbury, went to Mansfield. Um, and then, and then I think I, I well, I went back to Stockport, didn't I? I went along to Crew, yeah, yeah. And went, went back to Stockport, yeah. So, um, yeah, but it was a great experience at Norwich. Um, you know, enjoyed the, the the promotion, was involved in that, and and obviously, um, you know, it's one of them that you hold dearly to your heart. You know, not many people can say that have been promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, now, so so back at County then. Um, yeah. In two thousand and five, you see, I'll, do you know what? It's, it's really embarrassing because I was, I was, I've been going county since like the early nineties, but I think around this time I was getting pissed a lot. So I know you joined in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. Who was the manager? Who was the manager that, that, that signed you? <laughs> Chris, Chris Turner. 
Oh, was it Chris Turner? Oh, well, I'll ask yeah, you the same. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you the same question that I asked uh, Dicko then, because he signed Dicko, didn't he, Chris Turner? Yeah, Chris he did, Turner. Yeah. He did. Chris, Chris Turner advertised himself as a um, motivational speaker and a man motivated, a bit, a bit like a David Brent kind of character. Did, okay. did did you see did you see that in him? Did, was that was that his cell? You know that he was a he could do that kind of thing or. I wouldn't say he was a, you know, a motivator. I wouldn't say he was sort of a, a guy who would go in and give sort of Alex Ferguson speeches where you'd go out thinking that you could beat unbelievable teams and stuff like that. I think mm. again, we've got to we've got to take into consideration the time, the timing of when he was appointed manager. I think the the club was then on a sort of spiral down the yeah. leagues. Um, investment wasn't great in the club and and. He, he he found it tough. There's no hiding that fact. Um, I think I think Chris, as much as he, he tried, he gave hundred percent. I think he he did find it tough. I mean, he made he made me captain, so he made me and Rob Clare captain. So I was I was the the, the, the club captain, and, and Rob was sort of vice captain at the time. So you know, for him to to give me that sort of privilege to to, to captain my sort of team. My, my team that I'd grown up with, the team that I'd yeah. you know played yeah. for previously, was an unbelievable achievement, and I was so proud to to get that sort of to get that privilege. Um, but we didn't compete; it just didn't work. You know, the the the, the players sort of, it just didn't sort of fall into place where we could could, could compete week in week out. Um, and we should have done better. We had some really good talent in that sort of seat, that that side. I think Ash Williams were knocking around then. Um, we had, you know, Matty Amshaw. We had myself. We had Bosch, Danny Boschel. Um, you know, good, good players. Um, I don't know if Luke Beckett had gone by that time, but you know, good, good players that should have done better. We, we there's no doubt about that. We should have done better, and um, for some reason, it just didn't work out. We didn't fall into place, and and then obviously the Macclesfield sort of New Year's New Year's Eve. Was the the final nail in the coffin, and, and we knew. I knew after that game that Chris Chris wouldn't be with us. Don't remind me about that. That was a nightmare. It was oh, a, I was there. I think I, I was, was there. there. Too. I was there. Yeah, it was. You know, it was freezing cold. It was shit night, and I just think it was just for some reason it, it was just an horrible experience. I, you know, I, it was just yeah. You just didn't want to be involved yeah, but, in the price games. I bet it's worse being a, being a player though, because as a fan, you can kind of like you know I can go home half time if I want to, yeah. but you know as a player, you've, you've you're right in there under the spotlight, aren't you? Yeah, because you know I think the I think what you know the supporters have got to recognise is that we do care as players. I think you know we knew that things weren't right, we knew that we weren't competing, and 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 when we when we when we finished that Macclesfield game, we knew that we'd let ourselves down, we knew that we'd let the club down. But we knew that we'd let the fans down, and 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 we we deserve sort of that the backlash that we got after that game. Um, yeah. You know, it was a local derby. You know, is it, it should never ever have happened, um, but it did, and, and and we have to live with that. Um, but yeah, it was an horrible experience. You know, the, the they were right to throw abuse at us as players, and we had to take it on the chin and respond. And and. Uh, and that we did because we stayed up in in the league that season. Yeah, I mean, just 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 a, just a couple of things from a fan's perspective. But you may or may not know this, Briggsy. But uh, I I I went to that match and I I refused to leave just just because I thought, well, I've got to stick through the bad times. 
because yeah. you know the good the good times will come at some point. So you can yeah. only enjoy those if you've been through the bad times. Yeah. But the second thing is, I mean, from 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 our point of view, just just I think just playing Macclesfield was quite a new thing for us. Having like like in you know yeah. in your sort of early days, you know, having played Wolves and City, uh, having mm-hmm. been been on a level playing field with Macclesfield was just completely alien to us to start with but then to get beat 6-0 yeah. as well we were just like i think if i remember rightly I, I wasn't one of them but if i remember rightly there was there was fans um at the coach when you were getting onto the coach was they yeah yeah and uh, listen i i understood that i understood the sort of i felt their pain i was captain of the club and and nobody took it harder than me you know we we don't just go home and switch off. We actually think about things and, you know, and, 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 and try and sort of pick the bones out of stuff. And, and I couldn't that day. I, could, I went home and I thought, what the fuck has just happened there? I, I, how can you pick the bones out of that? Yeah. Um, and, and it was just sort of a, a really a nightmare. It was a day that you don't want to sort of think about too often. It was a, a day that you want to forget, a game that you want to forget. And, you know, it ain't, it ain't in my highlight reel, put it this way. So, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the, the fans at the end had the right to stay around. You know, do they do they have the right to abuse players and and throw insults no. at players and and staff and and Chris Chris was Chris was low. You know what I mean? And he knew, but the, you know the amount of stick that the the, the fans give him at that time, um, it was it was it, it was hard to see and hard to take, uh, but understandable. Um, and I think yeah. Chris would even say that himself. He, he could understand why they were they were coming for him. But you know, it's not like we don't we go away and, and, and don't think about these things and analyze our own performance. It's it's stuff that we we, we do we do care about. Expect, you know, I'd, like I said, I've been there. I've been there for two periods, captain of the club. It hurt me that one. It cut me deep that one. In, in in a sort of really good way. It's, it's kind of nice to hear you say stuff like that. I don't think we've had a player on that's. That's actually said that. Although they may they may have insinuated it, but not not in the, in the terms that you've just said it. So, I mean, I'm sure yeah. people, county fans listening to this now, will be sort of appreciating what you've just said. Um, let's let's talk about your highlight reel though, because this okay. was this was around the time when, and I've got to talk about it because it's one of the, I, I was I was there at Grimsby away, and it was the goal featured in our World Cup of goals as well, didn't it, Dave? Right. Um, yeah, it certainly did. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Your 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 top right hand your top right hand bin against. Grimsby away to get a one 0 win, which yeah. I just thought was fucking amazing. It was in the it was in the far goal, and you ran to us as well, didn't you? From yeah, the other yeah, side. Yeah. So yeah, yeah was, just just talk us through that. Just I, like I said to you, I think I, I tweeted it. I think I was trying to hit a channel ball at the time, but no, it was just <laughs> it was um, it was just instinct, really. Obviously, it was a shit free kick from Jason Taylor at the time. <laughs> I think it hit the wall, and and it just. You know, he, he tried coming back to me saying it was an unbelievable assist from him. Like, but it was the worst free <laughs> kick I've ever seen, and and it's just felt sweet. It's just felt nice, and I, you know, I can hit a ball, and 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 I just caught it sweetly, and uh, you know, the and it it ended up just sort of being one of them goals where I think I had to run the length of the pitch and, and celebrate in front of the fans that were the opposite side of the stadium, and I think my my uncle and, and my dad was in the was in the stands, and I was. I think, you know, you've got to celebrate that. I think, honest, yeah. honest to God, this really happened. I was celebrating that goal and fucking Grimsby had kicked off. They kicked <laughs> off to start the side again, to start the game again. And I was still celebrating in front, in front of you lot. 
And um, <laughs> I remember Jim Gannon going ballistic because I was still fucking on my knees celebrating like, like <laughs> Cardiff, what's, what's the Italian guy? And, and, he, uh, and the game was going on. So, yeah, but, you know, it was, it was one of them where you just hit it, you caught it sweet, ended up going in the top corner. And, yeah, you know, it was, I enjoyed that one. It was, it was, a, it was a nice finish. And was it one of them ones where, and like me and Ross and, and, and yourself were probably probably nice if you ever played football, but as soon as you hit it, you know it's going in. Yeah. Was it one of them? Was it just like this is this is going in as soon as, as soon as the contact's made? Yeah, as soon as I hit it, I knew that's you know I know where it's going. Um, the keeper's not going to save it. I think um, people keep trying to tell me that it took like a took a nick off one of their defenders that put him in top corner, but. That's, there's not a chance for that, you know. It, it it was going in all as soon as he hit it. I knew it was going in, and it was uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed. It. I think I think that season, that start of the season, I think I scored about four four in. I think I scored four in six six games or something, or three in three in six games. I was I was top scorer at the club at that time, which is wrong, by the way. You know, somehow <laughs> I, I was top scorer at the club, but I think I scored against Mansfield, a little shitty edit at the back stick, and then and. Uh, a couple of a goal against Darlington or something, and then that goal um, was, 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 yeah, it was, um, yeah, an unbelievable finish. For them, you know, but, but what's what, what's more impressive though for me is that well, not more impressive. The goal was the goal was fucking amazing, but um, it's not like you were it's not like you were training them all the time. You weren't you weren't smacking you know shots from outside the area every opportunity, but for some reason you decided to and you caught it and it went in. Just yeah. like well. That, that's obviously there's something in there something in your brain's gone I'm having this yeah you need to ask the woman in the Cheadle stand a few a few games before that I hit <laughs> one in the Cheadle stand and it hit, it hit this woman full on in the face ended up costing me about 50 quid for a shirt and stuff because I, I felt felt really bad so I was like practicing shooting practicing shooting before games in the warm up I've hit this ball just as flush as that and it's I thought uh oh and this absolutely walloped her full on in the face. God knows how it didn't bust her nose all over the place. Um, <laughs> and and I thought, right, I'm not going to do that again. Um, went and saw the, the you know the the lady afterwards and give her a shirt and stuff and sent my apologies and just said I'm shit at football. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and then when that dropped, when that dropped, it hit the wall and it dropped. I just thought, I'm going to hit it. I'm just going to hit it, and, and 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 luckily for me, it went in the top corner, and and I ran off celebrating like a maniac, and I had long long hair, and I don't know what was, I must I must have been around the crisis or something, but it was um, <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a, it was a nice feeling, yeah, it was good. Well, we know That's, we know yeah, we, yeah I was say we know Jimbo was a stickler for his for his abiding by the rules, isn't he? Uh, we've, yeah. we've we've oh, seen yeah. that this week. That's the that's that's the old rule, isn't it? Once all of our players are back in our own half, they can kick off, can't they? Which exactly. I think we've seen. You, you see before you see. I mean, it's probably a trivia question, but you see one player always hangs back if they do that, so they can't yeah. kick off. No. They, yeah. Well, well, they yeah. stitched me up because I was like, I was still on my knees, doing kissing, you know, <laughs> kissing me, kissing my uncle and all that lot, and they were they were on the attack, and I thought, oh, what's going off here then? And Jim Gannon's like. Really, like absolutely screaming at me, and I'm thinking, that's oh, not like you, Jim. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> so it was it was one of them where you just had to react. But 
Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, so did I. And uh, I, I then, I then spent a lovely evening in Grimsby, getting absolutely leathered, uh, and nearly yeah. got battered yeah, in the fish club. and chips. Yeah, in the club. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, fish and chips. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Pro- probably, probably drove, drove, drove back over the limit. I would have thought. Well, yeah, well, you've got to. Do, sometimes you've got to do it, and you you've got to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I just want to tell you one more story. I talk about the city yeah, game, yeah. about the Man City game with, with Carlton. Um, I want to t- I give you an insight of why we won that game. Okay, well, go on then. So, good. Go on. Carlton Palmer's team talk before the game, okay, was the funniest team talk I've ever ever been involved in. It's like we were coming up against the fucking Chuckle Brothers, okay? <laughs> when he named the team, we was coming up against Sean Wright-Smith, who was Sean Wright-Phillips, Darren Huckleberry, Darren Huckabee, and Ali Banana. These, were, the, these, are, these are the names that Carlton Palmer thought we were playing against that night, against Man City. So we, we, we were like fucking pissing ourselves laughing at this team talk Going against Man City in the Championship, giving something to give the fans, go out, perform, and he is calling the Man City players these names. And I'm thinking, what is going off here? What is going off here? Darren Huckleberry. <laughs> and half, half the lads are fucking laughing, the t- looking around, thinking, what's going off here? What is going off here? So we it's thought we were going play. No, I don't think... Well, no, he weren't pissed. <laughs> but we went out that day thinking we were playing against a different fucking team who we knew that we were playing against. <laughs> Honestly, we, we I couldn't believe it. But, you know, that was Carlton. That was Carlton for you. You know what I mean? He was like... He, he was one of them. He was just off the cuff. He, he, he weren't great with names, as as I've just explained, and he would do he would do really random things that would really sort of just really puzzle us as players. I remember New Year's Day we was playing West Brom in the Championship, and it was New Year's Day, and on New Year's Eve he rang every single player in their room at half past eleven to come down and celebrate, come down and celebrate the New Year. And obviously him and uh, I think it was, Nick, you know, Nico was there with the families. They'd had a few glasses of red wine. And he said, right, phone call went. And I was like, what the fuck is going on half 11? I thought fire alarm's going off or something like that. He said, Briggsy, CP here. Get yourselves down. We want to see the new year in together. And I was like, gaffer. I said, it's half past 11. We're playing West Brom. We were flying in the championship. We need to get our, we need to get a good night's sleep. He went, fuck that shit. Come down and see him in the studio. Come down and enjoy the new year with us, all right? Anyway, we went down. All the lads are bollocks, fucking in the pyjamas and all that bullshit. Um, and he said, right, you're allowed to see the new year in together. You're allowed one beer. That was it. One beer, okay? So anyway, it got to about fucking one o'clock. Okay, lads are, lads are up, lads are ready to go, thinking, right, what's going off here? And he said, right, you've got to get yourselves off home. He was absolutely steamboat that day. We got battered 5-1 off West Brom the next day. So he thought it was a masterstroke of him being team spirit, team bonding and all this lot. 
which in other in it you know in other ways you look at it you think yeah it would have been yeah, great yeah. it'd have, it have been a, a you know masterstroke of going in and and getting everybody together seeing the new year in anyway that's what happened got kicked in the bollocks <laughs> didn't we so, sounds yeah. like classic palmer classic palmer classic classic palmer but you know he was a he, he, team spirit unbelievable banter togetherness you know we we that was what he was all about, um, and and he was just, yeah. That those are the kind of things that either work or don't work for you. I think we said it before uh, on the pod on this podcast that he got. A, I think he got a lot of hard stick. At, hard stick. He got a lot of stick at the time, uh, but yeah. in actual fact, he's he's you know when we listen back to him now and hear his reasoning about what he did and how he did things. Um, I mean, he just comes across as a really nice guy, you know, with with yeah, a football head yeah, on. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, well, he did yeah, have it. Yeah. He did have it tough, didn't he? He was the transition from what yeah. what I've spoke about all along. The, yeah, the, the yeah, unbelievable exactly, yeah. team, the unbelievable moments, championship runs, semi final, and then he's having to deal with the shit and get rid of all these legends of the club, cutting the budget in half, um, and he's had to deal with it. You know, that was he, he said that was part of the parcel of me going to Norwich. He needed to get me off the wage budget. Um, yeah. You know, and he had to do that with legends of the club. And, yeah, yeah. and his record of signing players weren't bad, you know. Do you know what I mean? R- Ricky Lambert, um, yeah. you know, he, 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 Luke Beckett, he signed some top top class players. Um, yeah. But we just couldn't live up to that team of 97, 98, 99, 2000. We just couldn't do it. It was impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just one, one question, Briggs, just one last question. You um, manage... Player manage my hometown club, Staley Bridge. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, just wanted to ask you how that came about. I mean, is management and coaching and things—is that something you'd always wanted to do, or is was that something you thought about later on in your playing career? Yeah, well, I mean, I just kind of I fell onto that. Really, I was still playing. I was coming towards the end of my career. I think I was like 34, 34, 35 at the time. Maybe a bit younger. Maybe thirty-three, thirty-four, and. Um, I weren't, I weren't doing too great. My body weren't living up to the... I was at the conference and, and it just it just weren't able to do what I was wanting to do. Me, you know, In my mind, yeah. I was still wanting to, to compete, but I had all these little fuckers running around and running around me and I couldn't get, couldn't get close to them. So I <laughs> um, ended, up, ended, ended up either getting sent off or sort of embarrassing myself. So... <laughs> uh, I had... Uh, when I fell out of the... When I broke my leg and I left Stockport, um, they offered me sort of a three-month deal, and, and I had a few sort of niggly injuries in that time, and 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 then I fell out the game. I ended up becoming sort of a a PE teacher slash teaching assistant at my local school, and going into part-time football. And I signed for Staley Bridge with Steve Burr, and and we were Conference North at the time, and and, and doing really well. And we should have got promoted that year. That year, but that was my connection with Staley Bridge, and. And when I was 34, the opportunity come where the manager's job position come up. And I, I spoke to the chairman, I spoke to Sid White, who was uh, one of the directors at the club. And, and I said, listen, I fancy a go at this as a player manager. And, and, and God knows how I did it, but I got, I got the role, um, got the manager's job. And it was a, a massive, massive learning curve, an unbelievable experience, learned so much. 
dealing with budgets, dealing with different characters, dealing with sort of fans, dealing with the expectations of results. And yeah, unbelievable sort of experience. But we ended up playing Stockport. We ended up playing Stockport twice, one at home and one at away. Um, And we beat, yeah, we beat yet. we beat you at Staley Bridge at Bowerfold uh, when mm. Alan Lord when Alan Lord was manager and we lost at Edgeley Park. I think we were 3-1 up and we ended up losing 4-3. Um, but again, to go to go back there as a manager and, and, you know, as much as I love the club, I wanted to do well for myself and, and still sort of put sort of put a tick against it that I've actually managed against Stockport and, and managed to get a win and, and managed at Edgeley Park against them. It was, uh, again, sort of a, an ambition that I've wanted to achieve and, and I've done that. Um, but yeah, I'm coaching now. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's the next step. I just want to stay in the game. Um, so I'm out of the youth development phase at Barnsley at the moment. Um, yeah. Trying to trying to create the next generation of players to, to go on and, and go out on Oakwell and perform for the first team there. So, um, yeah, love the game, love everything about it and and, and, and just sort of want to try and pass on my my understanding and learning of what I've done in my past to, to the next generation. Yeah, I was going to come to that. What you know, I was, was going to come to that, the question about what you're doing now, but you've just answered it. So you've got to travel from Glossop to Barnsley every day, have you, to sort of pick, yeah. up, that, pick up that mantle? Yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not too bad. Well, from Glossop, I guess it's not. Yeah. Um, got a really good setup though, Anthony at Barnsley. I've, I've, um, I was over there when I was the goalkeeping coach at County Ladies. We played Barnsley away, and they've got a, loads of nice pitches. It's all, it's all next to the, it's next to Oakwell, isn't it? All the, yeah. all the, all the setup in it. It's really nice. Yeah, everything's based at the ground. So, um, you know, we've got the the four G, the the show pitch where the twenty threes play and train. All the first team are all in the same area, so it's and it's it's really good because obviously you, you move from one pitch to another as you progress up the ages and progress up the stages to to eventually get in the first team who are on the top pitches. So um, it's a great setup. We do things right. The philosophy of the club is, you know, developing players from 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 ourselves to get them in the first team to either sell or improve the the first team. So. Kind of gone full spectrum and full scale of from where I was at Peel Moat to to again developing players that either go on and 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 break into the first team or go on to have really good careers in in other sort of um, in other teams. And where where are you up to with your uh, with your goalkeeper? Uh, not goalkeeper, that's me. Where where are you up to with your coaching badges? So uh, yeah, I've got my A license. I've got my advanced nice. youth. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm up there at the moment. I'm just contemplating whether I go for my pro license. Um, uh, yeah, so it's good. You know, I lo- when you love the go, when you love the game, and you've been you've been involved in it for that long, you know, it's it's part of you. It's part of the, it's part of your DNA, and it's you, you just want to stay in and 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 keep keep prodding away. And, and I'm just enjoying the ride at the moment. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know where it's. I don't. I don't know if it'll be back to management again, but I'm really enjoying what I do. <clears throat> I'm enjoying developing plays for the future, and you know, hopefully, they can learn a little bit off me of of what I felt and experienced in the past. And um, you know, we're doing all right at the moment. So I think five players are in the championship squad at Barnsley that have come through our ranks. So you know, like I said, we're, we're doing our jobs, and the pathways there. Sounds good. No, and just one. Fo- 
One final question from me, because um, I'm interested. I'm interested in the coaching side. What does the pro li- if you if you went for the pro license? What does that give you above the A license that you'd be able to say? Well, I've I've got the pro. This you know this 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 opens something up for me. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything? No, not really. I think what it does, it just it opens up a lot of doors for prem for the Premier League. So if you wanted to manage in the Premier League, that's that's the one that you need. If you want to sort of go down that pathway of of maybe being an academy manager, be, being a, a first team coach, being in a first team environment in the Premier League. I think that's the pathway that you've got to go around. Um, but I'm up to date with regards to everything else. Like I said, all, mm-hmm. all you need to, to, to coach these unbelievably talented lads at, at yeah. our age groups yeah. is it, it, I'm up to date with all that. So we'll see. You don't, you just don't know where it takes you and what what pathway you're going to go down. But um, like I said, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I love seeing the, the kids progress, and and maybe that's that's what maybe where I'll stay. I don't know. That's good. That's good. I mean, we could we could probably do another a, a dedicated podcast just on youth football and and the yeah. you know the trial system and and the, the ins and outs and, and things like that. But we'll save that for another time, perhaps. Um, of course, yeah. Right, Briggsy. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It absolutely has. Um, uh, now, listen, guys, it's, it's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Mike. I do, I do miss the club. You know, it's like uh, it's, it's always, it's been, been a big part of you know me as a player and as a person, and um, you don't forget, you don't forget the people in and around the club, and you don't forget sort of, you know, every time I go back there, I love meeting, you know, John Kieran on the radio and and seeing the fans, the same old faces that you see knocking around, and um, I just hope, I hope that. We get back to where we belong, which is in the football league, and um, the fans get what they deserve because it's been a fucking nightmare, hasn't it? It's been a nightmare for the past few years. It's you know, um, it certainly has. And and then you you watch it week in week out, and and hopefully Jim gets that time to to go on and and develop a team that can get not not only get promoted but compete in the league again. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I think that's a spot that's on, a, right? Yeah. That that's that's a really good sort of message to to finish on. I think, um, yeah, I think just give Jim time with the the new resources that he's got. Um, and yeah, you know, we're 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 when you when you leave Briggsy, we're about to do our normal review pro- podcast after this with a couple of other lads. So uh, oh, okay. we'll be talking. In, we'll we'll be talking in depth about some of that and what happened on Tuesday night. Well, last night and uh, yeah, and things like that. So um, no, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I, do you know, what I've enjoyed the most is. Um, I can I can tell by your voice and what you're saying that, like you say, you do care about the club, but also that that um, how proud you were to represent it. Um, and for me as a fan, that's that that means quite a lot. That, that you know you and you know you said about Macclesfield, you do care, and you know you, you you try to unpick it and all that. That that's what that's what fans want to hear, and I'm I'm really yeah, sort yeah. of really really appreciate you saying that. So thanks a lot. Absolutely, absolutely spot on there, Ross. Yeah, yeah, you can tell, you can tell that uh, because we don't always see that with players, um, no. but you can tell that you care that, that that you essentially a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, like I said, guys, it's it's one of them where I've seen both sides of the spectrum in my message. I sent, you know, I've seen it when it, the place is buzzing. 50 or 12,000, 13,000 people rocking Edgley Park, and I've seen it at the lowest where it was Macclesfield away on that New Year's. I think it was New Year's yeah. Day. Um, and they deserve to get back to their, their them days of winning games consistently with, with players that 
feel and love the club. That's what it's all about. And uh, you know, it's been a it's been a big part of my life. So you do care, and you always do look for the results, and and you do want them to do well because you build up relationships with with, with people at the club, and 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 not not only that, it's part of your DNA. You know, it's it's what's given me everything that I've what I've achieved and what I've gone on to do without football fucking I don't know what I'd be so um <laughs> you know I could be anything um but that they, they, they were, exactly yeah exactly they they were the ones that give me that opportunity um so you're always thankful of that no that's quality Good stuff. Um, right, it's been really good talking to you, Briggsy. And like I say, Brilliant. when we when we're out when we're out of lockdown, um, certainly come back. In, you can come to the county arms and come in. Brilliant. You know, and we won't have the won't have the IT issues. Then it'll be all plain sailing, and we'll have a we'll have another chat about county and maybe go into a bit deeper and into into some more into some more subjects. Um, yeah, class. Yeah, class. A lot that more stories, nice. guys. Sorry, I couldn't go into a lot of the nitty gritty shit, but um... no, you're all right, mate. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, and you, mate. Have a good you Christmas. Too, mate. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.